Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am very good. We are coming off a big, big day for oh church goodness. and for family. But first, mm-hmm. before we got into that, I have to stand corrected. Yeah. I was told several times that you did sign off that one week with Conan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought I had. I, I didn't agree. I didn't think no, that no, happened. No, it was actually the Terminator. I'll be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, whatever it was, uh-huh. I didn't think you did that. No, I totally did. But people yeah. corrected me. Yes, so I stand right. corrected. You did sign off that way. Thank you. Well, you're, you're welcome. And I've had a handful of people say, you know what? I appreciated that. It was only a handful. So. A handful. <laughs> okay. So you don't get, don't keep doing it then. I know. You so need more than that to keep Celebrity going. impersonations are not my thing, apparently. No, actually, you're pretty good. Well, thanks. Okay. So. Yeah, because you did win. No, we're not going to go on that. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. Anyways, um, yesterday we had your 20th and your 5th. Yeah, yeah my 20th, 20th anniversary of ordination. Uh, and then it was Alia's ordination Oh, yesterday. my goodness. In a totally different part of the country. Right, totally different part of the country. Mm-hmm. Our 5th uh, anniversary here in Bernie, which yes. is hard to believe. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't seem like it unless... Although, if you look at the pictures of our family when we first moved yes. in, you can definitely see it in the kids, right? You totally can. But, I mean, for us, my gosh, it doesn't feel like five years. <laughs> you can see it in us, too. <laughs> we yeah. have more grays, etc. Yeah, we got a lot more gray. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you don't hide your grays. I do, so, yeah. Uh, and so, we had that, and then we also had, let's see, and then we... Then we had a baptismal party. We had a baptism and a baptismal party. A little lunch that we went to, yeah. and then we had to celebrate... Uh, Ellie's birthday because her birthday is not till the 28th, but mm-hmm. she's leaving on the 20th and we don't have any nights in between now and then that we were all going to be together, all yeah. eight of us. So we celebrated her birthday two weeks early and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ellie and I sang a solo at the oh, praise service. Oh, I forgot about the solo. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, I know you've asked about duet. that. Sing it's a linked. Mm-hmm. A duet. It's linked. Well, I have it on my Facebook. Um, oh, good. Yeah, that's already up. And so if you can't get that, I know some of you asked, Is there, are they going to put the... Um, duet online and it's actually at a service that we don't live stream so it's on my facebook if you're not on facebook and you really want it you can email me and i'll send you the link yeah. it's literally four and a half minutes so i don't want to just send it out no, to that's everybody a long time. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of data <laughs> right but it was great it was uh it was a wonderful day at the praise service i think we had uh, 89 people which is just about like a record for mm-hmm. us for an on holiday mm-hmm. you know uh, and I'm really pleased with the way that service is going. It's I growing. hope to see it continue to go and continue to grow. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a it was a busy and exhausting day, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. it was good. The duet was very nice. People Thanks. were people were touched. Yeah, well, I had a little tear in my eye. But you I, did. I kept it together. You did. You did. And Ellie just kept her eyes closed so that she wouldn't have to deal with it, <laughs> <laughs> which is the way I operate as well. That's oh, perfect. Oh my goodness! All right. Yes. Okay. So we did all that yesterday. Let's see. We've got coming up. We're going to start promoting our faith at home class, which is going to start yeah. on Wednesday evenings. We're going to be back to Wednesday evenings at the church with like full dinner and full yeah. youth stuff. It's going to be great. We didn't get to do that last year. Yeah, it's a little change too. And so this year we're, we're serving the dinners across the way in Luther Hall, and what that does is that opens up the the gymnasium, the Family Life Center, 
it opens it up as a gym for our students yeah. so they can run around and play games and stuff like after, that after school yeah and so i think that's going to be really good you know it gives mm-hmm. our students a chance to blow off some steam before they uh they sit down for for classes and stuff mm-hmm. so so that'll start september 1st yeah. and i'm going to be teaching on james starting september 1st mm-hmm. i was a little bit hesitant to announce that because i thought i was going to have jury duty oh right and i've gotten out of it like three times during this year because you know when the kids were home and stuff like that i was like there's no way i can Mm -hmm. do jury duty in san antonio however this time i said okay i can do it in september and then i got a call uh last week saying we're not going to be doing any trials because of COVID again so i'm out of that good which is nice and i'm hopefully not going to get another letter for a long time i get so many of these jury duty letters you know i I don't know how the system works but some people really seem to be on the short list and others not yes so it's bizarre i don't i don't get it Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get on to Revelation. So yeah. yesterday you introed. Tell us how it's going to work here. Yeah. So uh, yesterday I in- introduced the book of Revelation, and I wanted to make my two main points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first was that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the whole thing is really about him. Right. So all these various things, various and sundry things that happened, but at the heart of it, it's all about Jesus Christ. Right. Which is interesting because that's actually how it starts, yeah, right? Those but are the very first words. Those are the very first words. But yeah. often you hear the revelation of John. Because, you know, it comes to John. It does. And you didn't even talk about the authorship of the book. No, because, you know, I've I've only got 20 minutes or 17. I've only got 20 minutes. And so, you know, a a sermon, you've got a lot less time than you do in a class. And so you have to leave a lot of stuff out. Okay. So if you're wondering, John, the same John who wrote the gospel, Mm -hmm. is this revelation is attributed to him when he was like off on Patmos, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's, of course, a controversy about that. Because the book of Revelation is so unusual okay especially when you compare it to the gospel of john you know the the style of writing is different the right. quality of the greek is different all these other things uh and so there are two schools of thought uh the majority school the majority opinion is that yes the john is john the apostle the okay. apostle john who by this point was the the sole remaining apostle right alive um, all of the others had died mm-hmm. uh, and this is approximately the year 90 or 95 he had been exiled by the roman emperor to a prison island called patmos mm-hmm uh, which was also off the coast of modern-day Turkey. And there, that's where this vision appeared to him. And that the reason he doesn't say much other than John is because, you know, everybody knows it's him. Right. right. So in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 4, John to the seven churches, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that John, because who else okay. would it be? But it is interesting because that John often tells us how much, who he is and how mm-hmm. much Jesus loves him and stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting that he just says that. But, you know, you can make the case that, this, like you said in the sermon, this is a different type of literature. This is apocalyptic. Right. So he wouldn't be writing in the same style that he wrote. And this was a, like a vision. And that's he wouldn't be writing in the same style. If, uh, yeah, and so one of the, com- the the main commentary I had used said, well, if, you know, if, if God gave you a vision, right, and then God gave you the charge to write down that vision, you, know, you would write it down as quick as you could. And so yeah. your, your language might not be as polished as if you hadn't months and months to work on something well and the vision he gets is so strange that what i mean you know what else could he do right you just write it as is otherwise it's lunacy right right yeah and so then the the minority opinion is that there's another john uh unknown outside of this who they call john the revelator the revelator or john the divine or john the seer right uh but that's kind of a minority opinion okay so so, say, like St. John the Divine Cathedral, is that who exactly. that's named St. after? St. John the Divine oh. Cathedral in uh, New York City, okay. where you and I had a lock-in. Yes. Remember well, that? we were, yes, we were chaperoning a lock-in Yeah, well, we were chaperoning youth. a lock-in, and it was crazy because um, 
because it was like a... It yeah, was the blessing of the animals, the wasn't bless, it? No, it wasn't no. a blessing. It was a wedding of... Um, oh, it was a wedding of Uma Thurman Uma and Thurman. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, that's right. They were getting, literally getting married on the up, in the upstairs and we were right. in the basement. And so they like locked us on the basement Right, the basement and there floor, was security yeah. and everything. That is correct. Yeah. Look at all the things we've done. Um, so, but you, so your main point is that it's about Jesus. That's your first point. Yeah, the so whole my first point series. is it's about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? That's the most important thing to keep in mind. Uh, that it's not 46 different things that happen. There's really one. It's about Jesus. Okay. And the second main point was that the, the main message is repent and return to him. So right. turn away from your sin, turn to Jesus. That's the main point of the book right there, the main message of the book. Yes, I thought that was helpful. Thank you. Um, because, you, like you said, these first letters to the seven churches, mm-hmm. which are probably the most famous parts of the book. I mean, most people don't make it much beyond that. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, literally, it's it's a lot. You, these this this is actually some takeaway, right? It says, "Hey, yeah. you've done great at this, but mm-hmm. you need work at this." That's what he says to each church, right? You've right. done great here. You need to work here. We can all take something from that. From there, it gets a little weird, like you've talked about. Mm-hmm. And so, most people only make it through these these seven churches. But your point is that. To each of them, the message is the same. Yeah, Repent. yeah. And so chapter one is the opening vision of Jesus. And I preached about that yesterday, mm-hmm. so I won't really retrace that again. But then chapters two and three, Jesus gives John these letters to give to the churches. Right. And there's seven of them. Uh, they're listed there. And there's kind of a, a pattern to them or kind of a scheme to them. So there's seven letters uh, and they fall into three basic categories of assimilation, complacency, and persecution. Okay. And so two of them, uh, the letters to the church in Smyrna, and then the letter to the church in Philadelphia, okay. two of them uh, are about persecution. And so, for example, he says to the church in Philadelphia, this is chapter three, uh, I'm sorry, the church in Smyrna, this is chapter two, uh, verse nine. He says, I know your tribulation and your poverty and your slander of those who say that they are Jews but are not, but are mm-hmm. synagogue of Satan. Pretty harsh language. Yeah. Right? Do not fear what you're about to suffer, for behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. You'll be tested, but be faithful to death. And so that's that's clearly a case of persecution. Okay. So two of the letters are about churches that are suffering persecution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of them are about churches that are suffering from complacency. Uh, And probably the most famous one that we are familiar with is the the last letter, the church in Laodicea. Mm -hmm. And this is where he talks about the church as being lukewarm. Oh, yeah, neither hot nor cold. Yeah, wishy-washy is probably what we call it these days, you know, lukewarm. And so he says, this is chapter 3, verse 15. I know your works, and you are neither cold nor hot, and would that you were either cold or hot. And because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Mm. And so this, this idea of complacency. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one, the third category, there are three churches that roughly fit into the category of assimilation. Okay. So one of them we looked at yesterday. That was the Ephesus. church in Ephesus mm-hmm. where he says, you know, I know that you're patiently enduring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's there's these other two, the church in um, uh, the church in Pergamum mm-hmm. uh, and then the church in Thyatira. And they come right after each other. Uh, the church in Pergamum and the church in Thyatira. Uh, where he talks about, um, in the one case of the church in Pergamum, he talks about, uh, this is chapter 2, verse 14, that some of you hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak, mm. but stumbling blocks before the people. Right. Uh, and then likewise to the church in Thyatira, chapter 2, verse uh, 20, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants. Mm. And so here, uh, the... Um, 
it, it's a reference to Old Testament text. Okay. You know, Balaam and Balak, when sure. the, the people came up out of uh, the land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, Balak was the king. He was afraid about them, so he hired Balaam to go pronounce curses against them. Right. Uh, and Balaam actually ended up pronouncing blessings against them. <laughs> but uh, he did manage to kind of uh, seduce the men. So if you remember the... Uh, it's such a confusing story. It's a very confusing mm-hmm. story. But, the, but, but the, the, the gist of it is that he couldn't stop the... He couldn't prevent the uh, Israelites militarily from marching into his territory. Right. But he did corrupt them internally. Uh, he got them to worship the god of Peor, the Baal of Peor, and they, mm, uh, yes. bad things happen. Right. And then Jezebel, of course, she's the famous bad queen, yep. you know, the evil witch, so to speak. She's the bad, bad queen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who seduced and led uh, the nation of Israel astray, and Elijah confronted her. But Right. Uh, and so then these would be two examples of, uh, of assimilation. You know, okay. people who are saying, okay, well, you know, we worship God, but mm. we can also worship these other things. We can right. worship the Baal of Peor. We can worship... You know, uh, Jezebel's God, the, the the Baal of Syria. We can do these other things too. Right. Uh, and so the warning is, no, you can't do those. Yeah. You have to stay faithful, faithful to God. Right. It's this idea of being double-minded is what the scripture talks about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. But having a single focus instead. Um, so, yeah, you talked about Ephesus and that was they had abandoned their first love. I think yeah. at 930 you might have said it's only been four years instead of 40. Oh, 40. Yeah, yeah, it was 40. So just mm-hmm. for clarification there, it was 40 years. Mm-hmm. So that's still a long, that's a long time. Well, 40 years is no small amount of time. No, but it's not that long. I mean, 40 years uh, previous from now would be 1980. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not long. I mean, you think of a church that was founded, I mean, imagine a church that was founded by some, uh, I don't know, Martin Luther or the Apostle Paul, and 40 years later, it's already gone astray. I mean, it yeah. happens, right? Yeah, it but, happens for sure. But it's still kind of shocking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I take that point, yes. Yeah. But it is a long time. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's a long time. But, yeah, but your what, point was that this was a church founded, like this was the best of the best, basically. Yeah, so you said it was founded by Paul. It was led by, the led Apostle by John. John mm-hmm. And then, you know, Paul writes a letter, so they have the reputation. You know, it's in their Bible. The, oh, and it's, a, it's a wonderful letter, too. Yeah, you know, it's Ephesians, a great Ephesians, he just praises them up one side and down the other. Yes, I think we're actually going to Ephesus, right? On, like, no, I don't year? think so. Oh, yeah, yes, you and I are. are. Yeah, yes, I thought you we went are. with the church. No, yeah. we're, we're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not on my Holy Land trip, but yeah. you and I are. So yeah. that'll be exciting. Um, so anyways, yeah, talking about, let's talk about repentance a little bit. Yeah. Because um, I'm also reading Revelation. I'm going to be, I'm quite a bit ahead of what you're mm-hmm. talking about in your reading plan. And by the way, we'll, in the email, we'll link to the reading plan. Yeah. Uh, you, and you can also find that on our website. But, so I'm reading 16 today and it says, um, so people nod their tongues because yeah. of their pain and blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. But... They did not repent of their works. Yeah, that's, that's the bowl of wrath. It's <laughs> a pretty yeah. amazing statement. They're literally gnawing their own tongues in pain, yeah. and yet they refuse to repent. Yeah, and that's uh, and, and one thing that the Book of Revelation shows pretty clearly is the the depravity of, of humanity. The, right. Uh, the fallen. The what was the word? The, the nature of our fall. That we are fallen into sin. And we are so far fallen that we would rather die in our sin yep. than turn to Jesus and we, live. Yep, we like being there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I'll be preaching about on August 29th, that okay. particular lesson. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we won't jump ahead to that, but let's just talk about repentance, what it means. Yeah, and so in, in each of these seven letters, mm-hmm. you know, they're organized with a scheme. So it begins with the words of. And so, for example, um, to the church in Ephesus, uh, the words of the first and last who died and came to life. And so that's clearly Jesus. Right? Okay. So yep. some descriptor of Jesus. And then he often gives the good. Hey, here's the things you're doing well. 
But I have this against you. Here's the things you need to repent of. Okay. A call to repentance with a warning. If you don't repent, these bad things are going to happen. Okay. And then a promise. But if you do repent, then these good things will happen. And the good often refers to something that will appear later in the book. Okay. And so again, with the church in Ephesus, he says, uh, verse 11, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. For the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. You're like, wait, what's that? Mm, well, that appears right. later in the book. Okay, so, so we'll talk about that later. Right. Okay. So it all it's a, it's, it's a very tightly structured book. A very, okay. very tightly structured book. And yeah, then the call to repentance, you know, the, the way I'm setting up the, the sermon series, it's, you know, how do you preach on the book of Revelation mm-hmm. in only seven weeks? Right. Um, and so the way I'm setting it up is this first sermon, I wanted to introduce the main themes of uh, that it's about Jesus, mm-hmm. repent and return to him. And then next week, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to focus on Jesus, because okay. that's really chapters four and five. Okay. Uh, and so if, uh, you know, briefly, these, these seven letters end, the seven letters end with this, this amazing call to repentance. It's a passage that we all, that, that we all know. This is chapter three, verse 20. Behold, oh, yeah. I stand at the door and oh, knock. Yeah. Right? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. Right? Right. It's a beautiful, beautiful yes. gospel passage. But when you actually look at it in context, mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, chilling. Is it? Because it, what it implies is that, you know, by the time you get to the church in Laodicea, which is the one that's neither cold nor hot, and okay. so he just wants to spit them out. You know, instead of being inside the church, he's outside the church. Well, you know, yeah. and so Jesus is knocking. outside the church, and he's standing on the door of the church, knocking, saying, right. "Hey, church." Let me in. Let me in. Right. And so there's clearly an, an invitation. There's a gospel call there, but it's, it comes with a warning that the church has grown, has oh. gone so far. Uh, they, they've gotten so spiritually cold, so spiritually dead that Jesus isn't isn't even in their church anymore. He's outside, knocking, waiting to come in, looking for an invitation to come in. Okay, because we often refer to that verse when we're talking about Jesus, like kind of knocking on your heart type right. thing we, individually. Exactly, which is great. Right. I mean, yeah. It certainly works like that too. Right. But but in the context, it's really kind of a warning. He's like, "Hey, you know, I'm outside your right. church. Let me in." And you have to let him in, right? Right. Either right. as a church in. or as an individual, he's going to knock there, but he's not going to force right. his way, right? Right. That's an alpha point we always make. Yeah, and so that's uh, so. There's kind of a cool transition then. So mm-hmm. from uh, from chapter three to chapter four, there's a transition. So in end of chapter three, Jesus is standing on the on the outside of the door knocking, and then chapter four begins. Uh, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Oh, wow. And the invitation, come up here. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of a neat little transition. And at that point, we change from the church on earth, these seven churches, uh, to the church in heaven. And we're given a vision of what heaven looks like, the throne room of God with all the elders and all the angels worshiping God. And the Lamb of God comes into the throne room. And that's what I'll be preaching about this weekend. Okay. That's great. However, hmm. you still have not answered my question oh. about, let's talk about what, what actually is repentance. Oh, like, what's okay. the difference between asking for forgiveness uh-huh. and true repentance? What, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say we can... Uh... Boy, you're stumping on that one. Well, uh, I would say that uh, the, the difference really has to do with, uh, uh, not only with attitude, but also with action. Okay. Uh, and so we can ask for forgiveness, which is an attitude. Oh, man, then I blow mm-hmm. it, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's there's and the, we have to in the Lord's prayer we ask for forgiveness. I mean, so Jesus told us to ask for forgiveness. Okay, uh, but repentance implies not only feeling bad about your sin or sorry for your sin, but it also means turning away from it, right? And turning back to God. So letting it go and turning away. 
Which and is the harder part. That's the much so, harder yes. part. So re- this is a call to repentance, not just an asking for forgiveness, right? Right, right. And then repentance often takes a lot longer. In many mm-hmm. cases, it takes months or even years mm. until you've finally broken the habit of sin. You know, you've, you've turned away from it so many times that it no longer is a part of your everyday life. Well, in, yes, okay, it always will be a part of our everyday life, right? right. But well, you're talking about working on specific, <coughs> exactly. let's say you've got a specific thing you, tr- you really struggle with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have asked for forgiveness, asked for forgiveness, but right. you still do this thing. Right. Um, true repentance would be where you have been given the spiritual power to actually turn away from that. Yeah, finally turn away from it. And have some victory for it. Right. That's not to say you may not fall again. So we're not, we're not saying, no. you know, if you've, you know, you, you might go five years without this sin even being a problem mm-hmm. to you and then fall. It's just kind of like being an alcoholic or something. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. not to say you don't get back up and... And start again. Right. It's, but it's no longer controlling your life as yes. it used to. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, forgiveness is real. I mean, when, whenever we ask Jesus to forgive us, he will forgive us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but repentance involves more than just the asking and feel, feeling sorry. It also involves, right. you know, uh, turning away the from turning it away. And, and walking with him, mm-hmm. uh, staying on the path, you know, that right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard thing to do, which is why his message to us, even to a church as good as Ephesus, is... Repent, right. right? Repent and return. He's like, I know you're doing these great things, but you know, this is a, this over here. Is something you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Repent and return to me. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard for you know, as Christians, we're in the habit of of asking for forgiveness and you know, coming before the Lord in that kind of state. But that's not a worldly value. I mean, we. You know, we don't see our, you know, our leaders, that's the last thing they want to do because they, they deem it weak or whatever. So right. we've gotten, you know, we've gotten ourselves into these horrible situations where, you know, nobody knows how to, well, nobody is willing to, you know, take the fall for anything, right? Well, it's, it's a, a weird, uh, I'd say it's a weird balance where on the one hand you have no one is willing to accept the blame. Mm-hmm. And on the other, people roll around in their blame <laughs> without changing their opinions okay. or without changing their actions. And okay. so, you know, you've got on the one extreme, you have people who say, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. You mm-hmm. know, he started it, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Uh, and then on the other hand, you have all of these, you know, daytime TV shows where people would just get up and, and confess to the most awful things, but then there's no sense of changing, no sense okay. of turning away from it. Right. They just confessed it. Right. They're just happy to have right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, you know, celebrity confession or something. Right. 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 Uh, and it's, you know, that neither of those is really okay. what, not neither of those is what God is looking for. No. I exactly. Mean, he's looking for not only the, the acceptance of your action, but then turning away from it. And yeah. Trusting him. Mm-hmm. Trusting him for your life. And we do that only through the power of the Spirit, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Not on our own. Otherwise, we will end up gnawing our tongues. Right, and we don't want to do that. No. So maybe we should leave them with that. Okay. <laughs> the gnawing of the tongue imagery. No, that's so, not yeah, a good well, way let me to just, leave it. Uh, finish with this. Okay. So where I'm headed with this series, it's a very hard book to preach on. Mm-hmm. You know, and instead of preaching through it, you know, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, right. I'm, I'm trying to preach to, through it kind of uh, thematically. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first sermon, I wanted to set out these two main points. Hey, it's about Jesus. Repent and return to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second sermon, we're going to look at Jesus. Okay. You know, Jesus in the throne room of God. Mm-hmm. The third one, we're looking at repentance. Oh, okay. So, you, you were, uh, so you're going to go further into that. Yeah, okay. I'm looking a lot in repentance. Okay. And, and turning away from sin and people okay. who won't. And then, you know, from four, five, six, and seven, then we really talk about the, sp- the spiritual conflict, okay. the battle between... Uh, God and Satan for our souls. And yes, I liked your like marvel. Well, today. our boys really liked your marvel oh, imagery on that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Thanks. They liked all those characters. It yeah. kept them entertained. 
Yes. Well, thanks. Very good. And it was nice to have all of our children in one service. Yeah, it was nice. A lot of times was, they do really accolading nice. or mm-hmm. doing the slides or Ellie sings. They're all at different services. Yeah. So no, yesterday we were all together. Yeah, we even got a picture of it. Yes, I'm going to put that in the email here. So, so anyways, we hope you enjoy this series on Revelation, and we will talk to you next week. We'll see you then.